Welcome to Bitch, Bitch, Bitch. This is the podcast where we bitch. Yeah, we're back. Week number two. <laughs> potty number two. Oh, that sounds bad. I don't like that term, potty. Unless we're using it to talk about the, all the awards we're going to win, the potties, which I'm sure is a real thing. Um, I'm going to invent it, and I will invite us and only us. <laughs> Taking a sip of my white wine, I'm drinking a Sauve Blanc. Ooh. Because it is 19 degrees out, and I felt like, let's chill off. Let's chill off with some white wine. What are you drinking, Lindsay? Well, it's 34 degrees here. I am drinking a high noon. This is pineapple flavored. Tell me again what a high noon is. You- it's, a, it's a vodka soda. Oh. Made with okay. real fruit juice. This is kind of like the spindrift of um, uh, seltzers, hard seltzers. Uh-huh. Um, you know, spindrift actually has like fruit juice in it. So it's mm-hmm. like a LaCroix, but it actually tastes better. Oh. Um, Fresca is now coming out with alcoholic beverages. Shut up. I went to um, Mexico once uh, when I was in college and... The guy offered us, you know, you're drinking a lot of tequila. You're in Mexico, right? And so it's like, right. you got to find different ways to drink tequila besides the margarita. So he offered <laughs> us a shot of tequila uh, with some fresca in it. And we were like, that sounds weird. You know, we don't understand. So he he took a shot of tequila, poured a little bit of fresca on top, put a napkin on top of the shot glass, banged it on the table twice to mix it. And then we shot it and it was delicious. Ooh. So tequila and fresca is the way to go. Interesting. Also, I learned this past weekend, a new drink, tequila and ginger ale, is delicious. You just mix those two together. That's it. That's the whole drink. Huh. I discovered a new drink this weekend called bourbon in the snow. And you just drink bourbon outside in the snow because we got dumped on in Vermont this week. <laughs> Did you sprinkle any snow into your bourbon? Uh, no, but I, I had some white wine before then, and it was so cold out that the cup started to have ice on top of it, like a nice layer of ice, like almost like on a white wine ice skating rink. Wow. Also, the fact that you're still drinking white wine outside as it's, you know, in the teens, good for you. Well, this, this concludes our sommelier portion of the podcast. A lot of shows... Uh, network TV is not what it used to be, right? Like, it's not that good. You can't cuss. You can't show a boob. And, like, these days we want to see a boob every now and then. And um, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of, like, cable network shows are getting canceled way too soon. And then Netflix will pick them up. But Netflix will only pick them up for, like, a second, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when um, Mindy Kaling's show was canceled. Um, the Mindy Project? The Mindy Project. And Hulu yeah. picked it up. And it was like, it wasn't long enough, you know? Like, if you're going to commit to this, don't just finish it out. Like, actually commit to it and help me see what was going on with these characters. Yeah, so they, let me make sure I understand it. So they were on, like, NBC or Fox. And then they get canceled mm-hmm. from that. And then the, the series never got, like, a really solid ending. But then Netflix picks it up for just one season so that they can kind of wrap up the story or... yeah. And it makes me mad. I'm like, either leave it alone or pick it up and, uh, you know, keep it going. The pandemic really fucked over a lot of shows. What was the one? Oh, uh, the one about the female wrestlers, Glow. You never, they, because of COVID, they are not doing the final season. That they'd already, pl- they, I think they'd always planned to do three or four seasons and they had to stop at two or three. So all mm. these characters are just in limbo. It's like... If you are reading a really, really good book and you're into it and then somebody just rips out the last 30 pages. <laughs> oh, The Killing. This happened to The Killing on Netflix. So it um, was on AMC for like three seasons. It was great. And then Netflix came in yeah. for one season. And like, it, it, I mean, when you have like a different uh, 
production staff too like everything changes and I, it takes you a second to like get used to the feeling of the new show and then they just cancel it I totally agree with you. It's very frustrating because you fall in love with these characters and the way they're written and the way that they're produced and the storyline. Yeah. And there's just a disconnect. And you're right. The Killing for is a great example because I felt like it could have ended after the third season and you didn't need a fourth season or whatever season it was because right, there was never right. ever going to be like pick- a clear ending, you know? Right. They pick it up for another season and everything changes. And the, like you get excited, you get upset. It's can- AMC cancels it, right? You're a little bit upset. Yeah. I love that show. I wish it could keep going. And then you hear Netflix is picking it up and you're like, hell yeah. But then they do like nine episodes and that's it. It's just, yeah. it's a little frustrating. Netflix, come on. This is, this is a, a, a room for improvement for Netflix. <laughs> L- little bitch for Netflix. You've had your, your grief already. You've mourned the loss of that show. And then they just mm-hmm. tease you. Do you have any little bitches? Um, I want to complain. I want to bitch about uh, yeah. things that have been yelled at me and us. Okay. I have one one anecdote that involves both of us. Uh, and catcalls. Men, just knock it off. Like, stop the catcalling. We're so tired <laughs> of it. Yeah, just be better, please. So I, when I started writing my notes for this... I was just kind of listing them in whatever order that popped into my head. And then I was like, holy shit, each one kind of has a theme. So when I lived in Florida, I got yelled at twice uh, from cars. uh, And one pulled over because I was out jogging. And uh, one guy was in his front lawn, like, watering his his flowers. And he was like, are you okay? Do you need some water? And I'm like, no, bro, I'm I'm just jogging. And then one guy went so far as to pull by me stop and offer me a ride when I'm jogging to which I think that maybe Floridians don't ever exercise. They don't see it happening. Okay. You were just no the idea. only one who is exercising. Yes. I invented running. <laughs> I invented running in the state of Florida. So uh, then the next one, uh, this one, surprisingly, it, only in New York City, this happened to me once. Uh, well, I, yeah, just once because people keep their keep to their fucking selves and I love New York City for it, you know, but I was yeah. waiting outside of Trader Joe's. And uh, it was a, what I assume is a homeless person. And he just looked up with his sign and I'm standing outside Trader Joe's because there was a line. This was before the pandemic, but there was a line to get into the grocery store. That's how powerful <laughs> Trader Joe's is in Manhattan. How affordable, when you get affordable groceries in Manhattan, they're like the one cheap thing, right? there's a line to get in. <laughs> um, so if you see a line anywhere, it's for something cheap, get in line. Uh, but anyway, so the, the homeless man looks at me and he just looks up and he goes, phony blonde. And I'm like, well, that's right. I do dye my hair. Right. I don't know he what you're yelling at me for, but you're right. <laughs> and then I moved to uh, Stamford, Connecticut, and I got it twice in one week yelled at from a school bus. Hell yeah. And the first time was, can I get your number? Which I was like, all right. Like, this is a middle schooler, like, yelling, can I get your number? Yeah, like, that was a cute. little flattery. Yeah, yeah whatever. And then uh, the a couple days later, my ego just took a huge nosedive when the kid, a kid just yells out, hey, fuck you, to which I yelled back, no, thank you. <laughs> out of a and school the, bus, he said that? that is, both of these were out of school buses, which is so <laughs> weird. So anyway, parents, teach your little boys not to holler at women. Like, keep your opinions to yourself. Don't holler at anybody, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then uh, the last time... You and me and our husbands were sitting at a park, uh, drinking some wine, 
and having like a park picnic and it was a wonderful day and uh we had my dog there and this man just walked by to us and he just yells I want some of that third generational wealth and then just kept on cruising to which left us all speechless which is surprising for our group but was it the fact that right. like he assumed we were wealthy? The fact that he assumed we ha- we were so wealthy that not only were our parents wealthy, but our grandparents were wealthy? Which none of that is true. How are you supposed to know that from looking at yeah, us? We were sitting exactly. on chairs that were provided by the park. It's a free <laughs> yeah. park. Um, yeah. We were literally drinking wine out of like you know solo, solo cups. cups. Like nothing, nothing about us <laughs> screamed fancy. I don't have a trust fund, okay. <laughs> Those are the things that I've been hollered at, yelled at, catcalled. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. Stop it, please. Uh, no, that was very interesting. What Have you been yelled at anything memorable? I'm sure viewers, if you want to uh, DM us or add us on Instagram what at Bitch 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 Podcast, what you've been catcalled and the, the worst entertaining stories, <laughs> please, I'd love to read about it. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Send us all your DMs and we will spotlight them on the potty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There it is. Oh potty. God. It's sticking. <laughs> it's, it's sticking. Which is never what you viewers, want to hear at a potty. <laughs> viewers, you should also let us know how you feel about potty. <laughs> it's P-O-D-D-Y if that helps. Spell. Maybe um, throw in a W. It doesn't. Mm. Pouty. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. No, that's worse. Um, you know, I feel like I black out a lot of things that get catcalled at me. Um, I, I try to ignore <laughs> them, you know? So this is not quite a, a, you know, he wasn't like catcalling me, but there was, I was waiting for a train. There was a, a guy uh, walked by, asked me for some money. He said, you know, excuse me, do you, do you have any change? And I said, I'm sorry, I don't. And he said, me too, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. And I remembered it. <laughs> That's creative. That's great. <laughs> There's, it's just not often, wow. you know, the, I, how many times have you been asked for change and you never like, you don't, you don't remember it. Right. But that yeah. time I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to remember this story. That was this a good one. Stored Me too, away. You bitch. <laughs> Violet, I'm Rolodexing that. My God. Uh, <laughs> I love his, um, his optimism though, of like, go in softly and then end end with a bang <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah he proved he proved to me that i made the right decision by not giving him any money but also i have who has cash these days like i have no money right right do you have a venmo do you have a venmo sir i can venmo you yeah. but <laughs> and even then half the time i'll say i don't have a venmo so and, and and given my elder millennial status people would assume she doesn't know how to use it and i don't <laughs> um I think I think that Venmo shows that you're an elder millennial. Uh, the kids use Cash App. Oh God, that sounds like something a stripper would use. <laughs> here's a here's a little bitch that I have. Uh, so last time I was talking to my father-in-law, he um, he had a little business that he, he's a silver fox. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Oh, I'll comment. That's not how I meant to introduce this, but okay. <laughs> he uh, he invented some kind of machine that does something that's very specific to someone in some sort of engineering world. All right. That's about as much as I know about it. He makes them and sells them. Anyways, so he he had, you know, like an LLC or whatever that he created to properly do all of this. And mm-hmm. he said that he hasn't sold one, I guess, like because of the pandemic, whatever, he hasn't sold one in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And he looked into like closing down the business, you know, just Aww. like shutting it down so that he wouldn't have to deal with the paperwork anymore. 
um, because the business isn't making money. Um, So he said that the, um, the, he needs money to petition the state to terminate the business. So you can't close a business for free. Uh, He has this business that is not making any money. And he said in order to like legally close it, he has to, you know, file some paperwork and there's like hundreds to thousands of dollars of fees that are involved in this. Um, And he was like, so I'm just going to leave it for now. But like, that's fucking stupid. I want to close a business that makes no money and I can't because I have no money. Yeah, man. That's, that's my bitch. That is so counterintuitive. And I, I, that makes sense if the government's involved. (laughs) You should just be able to be like, Hey man, uh, I don't want this anymore. Can you turn it off? No more business. Goodbye. Like a flip flip the switch. Business done. (laughs) So Caitlin and I are both, uh, vegetarians. I'm a pescatarian. Caitlin's vegetarian. Um, and I think that one thing that pisses both of us off this has to piss you off. I haven't asked, but let's see. So when you go to a restaurant <laughs> and you're like, okay, there's nothing on this menu that I want that's vegetarian. So, you know, instead I'm going to get this, this Caesar salad, but I don't want the chicken, you know, uh, I just want the Caesar salad and that's all mm-hmm. that I want. No chicken. It's like 1295 with the chicken. You tell mm-hmm. them to take the chicken off. They still charge you 1295. You know, for a fact, the chicken was the most expensive thing on yep. there. Yep. Like, why can't I have this salad for like seven ninety five? Why does it still have to be so expensive? Sometimes I'll take the chicken on the side to go and I'll just like find someone to give it to because it's a waste of money. That's so fucking stupid. Or as a vegetarian, if like you go to a restaurant and you order something that is like the only option and they bring it to you and you're like, has anybody in this entire restaurant ever tasted this? is horrible <laughs> it is, it has anybody has a chef even looked at it so it's just horrible they, so ugh. they love to give you a veggie burger with the sweet potato fries like they think that we're trying to be healthy and like that's not right. i'm here for a greasy ass burger just like you're here for a greasy Thank ass you. burger. i don't want the sweet potato fries yeah <laughs> no 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 we're not doing it for health reasons i want the greasy french fries i had one thing that i wanted to bring up i love a good fantasy when you're watching the tv and and you're just in the zone. Just like when men men and women watch sports, you're just immersed in that game. Well, I'm watching a show or reading a book. I'm in it. <laughs> but then I see something that just takes me out of the fantasy and slaps my face back into reality. And it's things that characters do that are just so unrealistic for the character or just for the show in general. I can't stand it. And once you start to see it, you'll it'll infuriate you. I cannot stand it when characters have brand new iPhones and they don't put cases on them because yeah who just has $1500 $1200 to just risk dropping your phone and i drop my phone all the time so not having cases on it characters living in baller ass apartments where they're i don't know uh, one column a month writing oh yeah Carrie, aka Carrie Bradshaw no makes no sense i don't care if you do have rent controlled your rent is still $800 and you live in manhattan and you write one column no, that's not happening. And you buy Milona Blahnik, so yeah. Exactly. No, it's not happening. And, and then to say, oh, I only spent $40,000 on shoes. I'm like, no, those shoes are way more. Like, you spent way more on shoes and clothes. And then there was one other thing that pisses me off. Oh, characters on a rom-com. I'm going to take the, get on the last plane, and it's not going to cost them a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. And it's also, they're like poor writers or whatever. They're going to go tell the love of their life. And I'm like, you're flying to England from New York the same day. That's going to be like $2,000. You don't have that. 
not only is it going to be that expensive, it also, like, they act like it takes no time whatsoever. Like, that's mm-hmm. still, like, you know, to get in the airport, go through security, and then actually fly. Uh, 14 hours, you know? Like, at least. Yeah. You're not there the same day. Yeah. And you're right. exhausted. Right. And you're probably in a middle seat. Why not wait till the next day? You know? Just give it a give it a beat. For sure. For sure. I've never understood people who just... Yeah, they say that they're, oh, I'm just going to hop on a flight. Like, you can't just hop on a flight, man. Have you ever been on a flight? You can't do that. I buy plane tickets, like, years in advance. And sometimes they're full. Yeah. 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 I would love to see a show where somebody gets to the airport and like, okay, I want your next flight to Paris. I have to tell the love of my life she's going to make a huge mistake. I don't know what accent I'm doing. That's okay. And then the... And then the, the ticket agent is like, all right, next Tuesday. He's like, eh, you know what? She's not worth it. <laughs> he reconsiders. <laughs> Have you tried FaceTime? Yeah. <laughs> and another thing about TV shows that pisses me off is when uh, the whole family wakes up on Christmas morning and everybody looks amazing. And uh, the packages are all beautiful. And there's already breakfast waiting. And I'm like, okay, that mom was up until 4 a.m. Oh, yeah. And, but she looks uh-huh. fabulous. Everybody's ready to open presents at the same time. Yeah. And, and and she already has this huge buffet. Yeah, that pisses me no, off. No, that's so unrealistic. So I grew up in a family of, uh, so there's three kids. So there's five of us, right? And so on Christmas morning, like we, we had the way that we would do it, you know, we would wake up. We would mm-hmm. um, all make sure that we were ready to go. And then we would go into the living room where the, the everything was. And we would, you know, see our stockings and our presents and everything. And just to get to the point that we were all ready to walk into the living room together was insane. Somebody needed a cup of coffee. Somebody needed to wash their yes. face. Somebody needed to pee. Like, no. And then, you know, you're waiting on somebody to pee. So, like, then you go do something. And you're like, well, now I'm eating this snack and I need to finish my snack first. Like, no one is ever ready at the same time. It took us, like, at least an hour and a half just to get five people ready to open presents <laughs> at the same time. And then you watch, like, Home Alone 2 and there's 30 of them and they're all just ready to open a gift. Like, no, that yeah. doesn't happen. <laughs> That's definitely uh, Christmas now as an adult of like, we don't open gifts until like maybe two o'clock because you're having a mimosa or you're having coffee, then you're having a mimosa, then you're having a casserole and then you're changing because you don't want to be in your pajamas when they're taking photos. So, right, right. Yeah. And you got to prep the meal, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that this Christmas it was just me and my husband and it was still like, I wasn't ready when he was ready and then he wasn't ready when I was ready. And I was like, there's Mm -hmm. only two of us. Christmas should be alone. You should be alone on Christmas. (laughs) Let's turn into a Christmas bitch. <laughs> it did. We should segue out of that uh, with one of our, <laughs> our trademark smooth segues. Smooth segues. Here we go. Well, I think that's enough of the little bitches now. Uh, Lindsay, do you want to take a quick break and then we can come back with our big bitch? Let's take a, no, let's take a quick break. Hear a word from our sponsor. Response. Does anyone want to sponsor us? And uh, we'll we'll be right back. Welcome back to Bitch, Bitch, Bitch. Hey, that was a lot of words from our sponsors. So, <laughs> so Lindsay, <clears throat> I hear you have the big bitch this week. What are you What are you gonna bitch about? Uh, so this week we're gonna big bitch about birth control. So chime in whenever. Um, Okay. So my first question, as I start to research, like, you know, how did birth control come about? Like, you know, who used it? Why was it you, you know, blah, blah, blah. My first real question was like, when and how did humanity realize that sex can get you pregnant? Because (laughs) you went really far back there. 
Well, when I started to think about it, I was like, you know, I was, I, I we'll get into some of the, the things that were used before like oral contraceptives, but I was like, how did, how did they know? How did they know what they needed to, to block and what they needed to stop? You know? Do you think that at some point, like people just like didn't understand that sex led to pregnancy? Like it was just spontaneous because my dumb ass would never have put two and two together. <laughs> exactly. That's what my brain thought of. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the internet is also very interested in this, but basically um, the answer that I found is that like, we've kind of always known like between like farming and then trial and error, like humanity has always had some sort of connection, mm-hmm. uh, you know, logically between sex and reproduction. I think that it took them a little bit longer to figure out that like women who sleep with women don't get pregnant. And so they actually were, you know, then we're able to determine, okay, it's like a sperm plus egg type of thing. You know, as, as far as sexual education goes, that's as far back as I went. So between um, 30,000 and 300,000 years, we've known that. Um, <laughs> that's a big range. Sex can lead to babies. Wow. Um, so having known that, right. We now know that, they knew about it for forever. So uh, what was birth control like before the oral contraceptive pill? Because honestly, again, my dumbass was like, they didn't know that that's how you had a baby and or they didn't care. So they just had a bunch of babies. I don't know. But what I was reading, so ancient societies, like 3000 years BC, mm-hmm. they would make condoms uh, out of like animal intestines or fish bladders. Um, they were called nice. womb veils. Wow. Gross. That actually, that sounds very high fashion. I'm I'm wearing the latest womb veil from Paris. No. Okay. No, it's a, it's a animal intestine that you Mm. put on your dick and then shove inside of, mm, 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 mm. Mm. no. Mm -mm. Um, so I think because that was gross, women would also try to do little like herbal remedies. Um, uh, one thing that they did, and I've heard this before, they would use animal dung to create like suppositories that were supposed to be spermicidal probably not um and then um i also read (laughs) here's a good one um about using a half a lemon rind as a cervical cap Uh, which just sounds painful as shit i didn't read it as a cap but i read it that they would just insert full lemons and they the juice which just sounds I mean, when life gives you lemons. You don't shove them in your vaginal canal. That's not what you're supposed to do. Oh, shit. No. You're doing it wrong? Ugh. You sure have. So I, I did a little bitch research, a little bit of bitch research on this. In 350 BC, Aristotle, yes, that Aristotle, wrote in one of his books that to avoid conception, women must present, prevent the womb from coming in contact with the male sperm by rubbing it with cedar oil, lead ointment, or incense mixed with olive oil. Uh, and the lead You oint- rub the womb with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to rub the womb with it, which I don't know how that's possible. But I... also, the lead ointment was highly toxic. So Of course. No wonder why, you know, back there, like, that woman's insane. Well, she has fucking lead poisoning, I'm sure. And uh, then that was from the Wikipedia. Then my other uh, source was the, a New York Post did an article about fa- women's contraception, falsehoods through history. That's where I read about the lemons inserted. Other ones were drinking mercury, which causes organ failure. Again, you die. Mm-hmm. Yep. So technically, that does... you can't get pregnant if you you're can't dead. get pregnant if you're dead. 
Then also drinking blacksmith water, which is just drinking lead water. Again, organ failure. And then uh, (laughs) I don't, I want to know who the first person that came up with this wives' tale was that, uh, I'll just say it, weasel testicles, sentence I've never said out loud. Uh, women in Europe wore amulets fashioned from weasel testicles or bone taken what? from the right side of a black cat to ward off pregnancy. Do people were insane. No wonder whenever the, the birth control pill came out there, like, whatever, it can't yeah. make us crazier than we already are. Yeah, this was like in, this was like in medieval Europe, I think. How many weasels occur in nature? Like, I only know weasels as pets. Like, they're, I know them as pets. I don't know where, where they happen naturally. Are those, like, the same as ferrets? Uh, in my mind, yeah. All I know is Pop Goes the Weasel, and that's as far as my weasel knowledge goes, and I don't even really know what that means anymore. Oh, you know what? I'm going to Google that right now, because... We have an active fact check happening right now. Lindsay is actively fact checking. And so I'm just going to vamp until she's ready to fact check. What she is fact checking, I can't even, I do not know. So hit us with those facts when you're ready. Uh, I have Googled basically, um, is Pop Goes the Weasel offensive? (laughs) Is it? Oh, Um, shit. So let's see. Wikipedia. Oh, no. Apparently they're not exactly sure. Google, what the fuck is a weasel? Because it seems pretty unsure in this podcast. I have I have done a small dive into what the fuck Pop Goes the Weasel means, and I don't know. <laughs> so for the most part in early America, they used a lot of like herbal douches to prevent pregnancy. <laughs> I dated one of those. <laughs> Carry on. It didn't exactly work. So they also had some herbal elixirs that you could uh, take to... Uh, create a miscarriage. Oh, that can't be good. No, probably not. They needed a birth control solution. They needed a contraceptive solution. So in 1839, condoms were invented. Hold up. 1839? Yeah. That is so recent. Like, that's less than 200 years ago. No, all of this is way more recent than it should be. I am surprised that... There were not more people on this earth, honestly. Right. Lemon rinds don't work, by the way. This is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't try it. Don't try it. Don't try it. You know, you're telling me that pre-condoms, we only had like half a billion people, and post-condoms, we all of a sudden have nine billion people on the earth? The math once does they, not check out. <laughs> once they realized that they could stop creating children, they were like, but we should create more children, right? Right, yeah. So the man who invented condoms, Charles Goodyear. No. Um, yeah. This is the tire guy, right? Uh, so it's, he's not exactly the tire. Yes, yes and no. So he did a lot for the rubber industry. He patented a lot of like pliable type rubber things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Goodyear Tire Company was named after him. But no, he did not. Oh, okay. He, like he just... He, right, right. Yes, exactly. So he just patented and kind of invented rubber as we know it today. So he, he created... Uh, condoms. That's why they're called rubbers, right? Because he created them from a pliable rubber. Um, mm-hmm. He also used the same rubber to make like diaphragms and other intrauterine devices. Um, but there are still like in this time in America, there's anti-birth control laws. And so technically all of this stuff is illegal. Um, but the condoms sold very well. They were hella popular. Yeah. Mostly because it was just like a, 
it worked, you know? Yeah. And it was easy and you didn't have to shove fruit into the insides of you. <laughs> so the diaphragm, uh, which I, I, I knew a lot of people like used them, I guess, you know, like my, my parents' generation or prior to that, because that was before the birth control contra like oral contraceptive came out. Right. Um, and so they were very effective, um, but you had to go to a doctor to get one. So it could be kind of expensive. Uh, it wasn't that popular to use because like, you know, you have to like insert it right before you have sex. So it's not that hot. Um, so, so condoms were like much more popular, <laughs> yeah. even though like, again, all of this is illegal. That's crazy. So during the great yeah. depression, as we know, yeah. like everything sucked in America. Um, and so rubber was, you know, a commodity condoms were pricey and also kind of illegal. Um, so people started doing what they called feminine hygiene in order to prevent pregnancy. So this included like douching suppositories, like a bunch of intravaginal shit oh that was, it was a, a little bit more tried and true uh, than lemons. It really didn't work as a contraceptive, um, but it wasn't <laughs> illegal to sell because it was a oh. feminine hygiene product and not a contraceptive. Oh, exactly. It's all marketing so and branding, baby. That's kind of why, like, when the mm. the birth control oral contraceptive pill came out, everybody was so excited about it because it was discreet. It worked like a hundred percent of the time, and it didn't rely on men to ensure its success because mm -hmm. you know condoms even rely on men, and we just we shouldn't <laughs> rely on men. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. No. Have we ever? Yeah. If oral contraceptive birth control was invented today, it probably would not make it past like phase one of trials, uh, at least the way that they did it. Uh, right. So the pill was literally tested on 130 women before the FDA approved it. That's it. That's it. You could not be telling us this story. Like if you told us this story two and a half years ago, we'd be like, that sounds like a big <laughs> trial, like a scientific trial, 130 people. When, when they were, uh, you know, uh, posting papers about the, the studies that they were publishing about the the testing of the oral contraceptive pill, they'd be like, uh, you know, more than 1,200 menstrual cycles were viewed throughout the testing period. And if you do the math, that's literally 100 women for a year, right? Mm -hmm. But okay, sure. twelve. It sounded better, right? So when they were publishing the paper, they're like, oh, this is a big number. And people were like, oh my God, they did so much testing. Yeah. Um, the, the pill was mostly tested, interestingly enough, in Puerto Rico because it wasn't a state and the rules were not as strict as they were in oh, like the mainland U.S. Um, because, again, contraception is illegal at this point. Wow. <laughs> well, it gets better. Oh, boy. Um, so they did a lot of testing in mental hospitals. Oh, God. Which brings me to the question of like, can those people even consent? Like they are literally on a psychiatric hold for whatever reason, right? I... Right. I don't think that they can consent to medical testing. Well, but also, like, how do you test the effectiveness? Mm -hmm. Who in a mental hospital is allowed to have sex? Yeah, these that was another problem that they ran into. Not only could these people really not consent to uh, drug trials, they also shouldn't <laughs> oh, be consenting boy. to sex. So, <laughs> um, but one thing that I read that made me happy in, like, a, a dark kind of way. <laughs> oh, boy is that they also tested it on mentally ill men, like just in case. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So the asylum patients were, and I quote, just as psychotic as they were when we began to give them the drug. <laughs> uh, which is great, I guess. 
But did the men still ovulate? That's the real question. <laughs> the reason they were testing on the men is because they thought that there may be, um, you know, they may be able to block some hormones that create sperm or something like that. Um, Wouldn't that be it nice? Really, it really did absolutely nothing. Some of them, uh, their testes like shrunk a little bit because they're taking estrogen. So obviously. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't know if, you know, did they test erectile dysfunction medicine on women before they, they approved it? Like, probably not. <laughs> I did read that, like, like Viagra, for example, I think that you can take it as a female and it does have some effect on your okay. libido, but I'm not, don't quote me on that. I, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to go and research that. By research it, do you mean that you're going to go take a Viagra and see if you get horny? Yeah. How else do you do research? That, that's. I just wanted to make sure that we all understood what we were talking about. Yeah. I'm going to pop a few vags. Okay. See what happens. <laughs> Great. Please, please do. Please do. So the pill, mm-hmm. when do you think the pill was first introduced? 50s, but the way that you, you referenced something earlier. So I think that I was mistaken. I think I'm guessing the 50s. Okay. So the pill was first introduced in 1960. Which is, like, not that long ago. No, it's not. So women loved it at the time. It's just so interesting to me because women hate birth control pill now, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, why don't men have to do anything? <laughs> yeah. um, why do we have to take this pill every day? Is there a way that we could, like, not have to remember to take something? All right, but at the time, women loved it because it wasn't a permanent fix because otherwise their only control was to get a hysterectomy, and that's permanent, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost 100% effective when you take it as directed. Uh, and so this felt really good for women. It was sexual liberation. They didn't have to rely on men. They could enjoy sex without the risk of becoming pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the 60s, women loved it. Oh, that's the it, whole sexual revolution. Yes. And it's just, oh. it's fascinating because now, you know, uh, oh. six, six, 70 years later, mm-hmm. that was, it took me way too long to do that math. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm wrong. 40, 50, 60. No, you're right. 60 to 22 is yeah yeah leave all of that in all right um (laughs) so my math says 70 years later we hate it you know and we're like how come the dudes don't have to do anything how come um how come it's on all of us how come we have to take a pill every day so (laughs) one of the things that i read when they were testing birth control um they would tell women uh, it, it was almost tested on people like who were being treated for infertility and they would tell women like, Hey, this pill, we're going to test it on you. It'll make you hella infertile. But then after that, you'll probably be fertile. And I thought that was like a weird marketing way of getting mm-hmm. more people to take it. I have a little plug, uh, for condoms. Um, <laughs> there is a, uh, I bet you have a little plug for condoms. That's... <laughs> I won't leave that joke in, but that was pretty No, you have to. You have to. That was good. All right. Lindsay approved it. We're leaving it in. Um, Okay. I'm I'm just going to keep going. So um, there's a brand or a a website. It's called My One Condoms, um, like O-N-E, one. Um, They're custom-sized condoms that are, like, based on the size, like, the length and girth of your penis uh, because – they, they sell you condoms over the counter that are just like, like it's supposed to one size fit all. And like, yeah, it doesn't, almost, you know, it's almost like women clothing, women's clothing. <laughs> one size does not fit all for most things like hats. They don't fit. Condoms don't fit. Gloves. Mm-hmm. They don't fit. None of these things are one size fits all. Maybe, mm, 
Not even socks. I was going to say socks, but honestly, not even socks. I've had socks that don't fit. <laughs> oh, well, that's a great plug. I mean, we're not sponsored or anything by them yet, but not uh, yet. that's awesome. And also, you know, fun factoid that we learn is that Goodyear tires and condoms <laughs> are not that far apart from each other. <laughs> Thank you, Lindsay, for doing such a big bitch on that. Is there anything else you want to talk about for the big bitch of contraceptives? That's really all I have to bitch about. Thanks for listening to today's Bitch, Bitch, Bitch podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Bitch, Bitch, Bitch podcast. Uh, DM us with any ideas that you'd like to hear us bitch about. Yeah. We'll or, be back next week. Or any cute dogs. That's helpful. It's helpful <laughs> to know. Okay, bye. <laughs>